On this episode of Office Hours, Michael Brandrup, Leonard Armato, Marshall Fogg, Tillman Fertitta, and Andrea Marcellus. When things are bad, we forget they're ever going to be good. And when things are good, we forget they're going to be bad. When things get tough, the tough get going. That says the world to me. And when you are on your lane in life, you have purpose. You were thrown out of three elementary schools. I enjoyed learning, but I didn't like school. I could relate to him the most just because of his grit. David Meltzer hosts Office Hours. Let's go to this week's Executive Spotlight. Each week, we'll be interviewing the top entrepreneurs and executives, sharing their personal playbook to success and the lessons they've learned along the way. Andrea Marcellus, a Los Angeles-based fitness expert and life strategist for over 25 years. Andrea Marcellus is the founder and CEO of And Life a tech-based lifestyle brand with a mission to help busy people maximize their lives physically and mentally, offering customer grade tech to corporations and platforms. And Life is scaling Andrea's personalized proven wellness methods via live events and customized tech solutions, such as their highly customized fitness app, engaging wellness video platform, and self-paced online course studio. Andrea is also the author of the top-rated book, The Way In, Five Winning Strategies to Lose Weight, Get Strong, and Lift Your Life. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm David Meltzer, and I'm so excited to have my executive spotlight, Andrea Marcellus. She is the CEO, founder of And Life. And And Life is truly my philosophy about life. When I was looking at your company, the app, I was thinking to myself, you really have a handle on what people do have control of. Yes, that's that's actually the most important thing. We really need to reframe how we think about fitness and get away from this kind of shame-fueled calorie counting and grueling workout and start to really think about how our lives actually function and fit fitness and beneficial habits into the lives we actually live. And that will give you results you actually get to keep. But in order to effectuate those beneficial habits, you need two other things to be in control of, and you really focus in on these things. One is mindset. 100%. And two is heart set. And you came up with really pragmatic practices or disciplines to create those habits to effectuate the appropriate mindset and heart set so that you can change your entire life. Yes. Instead of just some crazy three-week diet that's going to change a month or two for yourself. I'm so glad you brought it up and put it that way because that's really what we're all about. It's about really having ways to manage your stress, prevent burnout, and shift ourselves out of that amygdala of our brain that gets so lit up, you know, all day with chronic stress and shift into those parts of our brain that are about, you know, memory, cognition, but most importantly, positive possibility about about wonder, about curiosity. And when we approach fitness or any goal from that point of view, that's when you're not only gonna be successful in the short term, you're gonna be successful for the long haul. And that's what we're looking for. And you get it, and one of the things that's so interesting is you really take the philosophy that you are in its natural state healthy. What are you yes. doing to interfere with what you already are? Not you have to go out and get healthy. We start from your strengths. We start from the life you actually live. And we just give you sort of a scaffolding to, you know, of manageable, doable goals you can hit every day. And so not only are you building confidence, you're releasing dopamine throughout the day all day. So what we're doing is helping you get your hormones that are there for you all the time 
accessed and in line and helping you be at your best, not just in terms of your fitness goals, but be at your best in terms of what your life purpose is. Yeah, if I would rename and life, I would just call it the habit machine. <laughs> because so many people are worried about right. like, the one habit. I don't want to eat meat, for example, or right. I'm going to do this many miles a week. One right. habit where it really seemed like to me that you create you know, five practices in order to effectuate a habit machine so that even if it's not necessarily for your wellness, that you just want to change something else, you could institute these same five practices and have this habit machine working for you to institute a lifestyle change. That's exactly correct. What we're teaching you to do, or I'm asking people to kind of follow this little pathway, is not only about fitness, but it is setting you up for just to feel empowered to always shift your mentality, to always be able to handle whatever comes at you so that you can achieve any goal in life. And in fact, in my Shape Up course in my book, I have an online course to help people through that. There are six brain training classes that help you start to understand you have these stress superpowers. You just don't know what they are. I help you find out how you've overcome other obstacles in life and also to kind of notice your behaviors that kind of tell you, oh, I'm on not a great path. I need to reframe here. It's about helping you identify how you're in your own way and also the habits you already have in place to help yourself on top of building some new beneficial ones. Right. You're finding and seeing the light, the love, and the lessons, and what you already have and do, and then applying those superpowers to some areas that you may feel you need to work on. Um, Absolutely. You know, looking at it in, in a different way, too, in business, you know, when we're looking at burnout, which today <laughs> there's so much transition. Everybody knows the only people that like change are wet babies. Um, and so we have a lot of people <laughs> that right. are looking to change, want to change, don't know, we're forced to change and it's causing a lot of burnouts, causing interference, voids, and shortages in our life. Um, what should people do when they start experiencing excessive change, accelerated mm -hmm. change, and feel drained of their energy, which I define as burned out. Yes. So, you know, the first thing is to go out. You you talk about this as foundation. I talk about this in my brand philosophy as practice personal authenticity. You go back to yourself and you say, you know, okay, who am I? And also, and more importantly, who am I not? Because between those things is your lane in life. And when you are on your lane in life, you have purpose. You have to ask yourself, what do I really want? And then make sure the things you do with your day, make sure your time is lined up and allocated accordingly. You know, we all kind of sometimes want to sit back and just have people tell us what to do. Nobody else's to-dos are going to get you to your place. You have to know your own place. You have to know where you're trying to get to. And then, of course, we know very well the the goal isn't the goal. It's really about the journey, right? And the, the strengths you gain going through obstacles on the path, but, you know, not trying to avoid obstacles. Obstacles are always going to come, but embracing them as opportunity. We talk about the same thing. And then and allowing yourself to strengthen with that. Most of what I teach and most of these principles in the Ann Life app and whatever, they, they seem to be about physical fitness, but really what they are is training your brain to be okay with discomfort. I always say, you know, it's learning to hold in life, learning to be able to be um, uncomfortable and not over respond, training your body to stop over responding to stress so that 
you have a moment where we can get into the prefrontal cortex. We can get into these places we have available to us that can come up with a better solution than the knee-jerk one. Whether it's, do I want to sit in front of Netflix and eat potato chips? Or whether it's, you know, shooting off a quick response to an email that triggered us. It's all the same process. And so we really want to get to a place where you know who you are, you know your purpose, you're spending your time well, and you are in a mental frame of mind to make good decisions to get you wherever you're headed. And I love reading your stuff, watching your stuff, because there's so many different ways uh, to speak and to hear, meaning that a lot of people have the same general philosophies and they have different direction or vocabulary or vernacular for it, and they speak to a different audience because it's not what you're saying, it's what people hear, and it's not what yes. I say, it's what people hear. One of the issues that I have, because there's so much content on the same topics and subject matters, whether it's you know Atomic Habits by James Clear, <laughs> or whether it's Wellness and Health, and all the different things that we've read from years and years ago, how do you personally as an entrepreneur, right. distinguish your frequency, yourself, your authentic brand, because it all sometimes gets meshed together and we lose our credibility, we lose the emotional attachment, lose our individuality, because someone may sound like, oh, you're just like Gary Vee, yeah. right? And how do we stay as individuals unique in trying to convey a very similar message to others in good intent? Yes, and that is, such a good question and so well put. And for me, the answer is I'm always looking outward. It's about inspiring you to find it within yourself. So I'm never preaching what works for Andrea Marcellus. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> helping to offer you a framework, a code to live by that will help you reveal your best self to you and give you tools to always stay at your best so that you can put your best foot forward for the people you work with, for your family and towards your goals and most importantly for yourself. And last question. Yep. Obviously, there's only one thing standing between us and what we want or what we can be, and it's ourselves. <laughs> and so for someone like you that does have the credibility, that does the research, that has the situational knowledge and experience, someone who's empowered thousands and thousands of people to inspire more people, you know, for you, what's the one reason or lesson that you'd like to share about people who get in their own way? Why do we get in our way? What do you find oh. to be the secret sauce of getting out of our way? I think the why we get in our own way always comes back to ego and shame. You know, when you're worried about how you're perceived rather than what you have to offer, if you're trying to be more interesting than you are interested in what you're doing, that is always going to lead you in the wrong direction. But, you know, when we're, you know, just always thinking forward, looking forward, always learning and always having that humility to go, well, I know what I know and it's okay that I don't know everything. I'm always a student. I'm always learning more to try to pass along more information. I think you're in a you're in the zone to always be, you know, growing, expanding and having more to offer. One of the things that I like about the crowded space or the enormous amount of content it's a reminder, a recollection, and a remembrance of how much data there is. Oh my gosh. So that, you know, if you want a slap of radical humility, uh, look and see how much data there is. And anyone that portrays themselves of knowing everything, and I was someone when I was in my 20s that would, <laughs> uh, now that data is so accessible and it's so apparent, there's millions of articles if you just put yeah. one search in. And anyone that's out there going, well, I'm an expert at this, or I know exactly. 
You know, here's my best approach that has, in my career, uh, seen the most success with the variant of people determined upon their effort, their quantum nature, their habits, where they're at, their mindset, heart set, and of course that conscious continuum. And life is just another great way in order to be a catalyst, to help other people elevate themselves, to empower people. You are right on track and I'm glad Thank there's a, another messenger out there sharing the lessons that I've learned in just a unique frequency, a unique way. And I love the fact that you do it in the way that you do through your app and your courses and your books. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrew Marcellus, CEO and founder of And Life. What a pleasure it is to have you as our executive spotlight. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Up next, our first guest here, on Office Hours. I'm David Meltzer, and I am here with some extraordinary hosts of mine, the incredible, the incredulous, Jason Waller, Power Home Solar CEO, and of course, the True Underdog Podcast, top podcast in the universe. I'm gonna give it that credit <laughs> now, by the time this uh, airs. And of course, Joni Rogers-Conte, Senegens' amazing chairman, CEO, founder, she's an extraordinary entrepreneur, lessons of galore. Um, and my dear friend, actually, I have to give him a shout out. One of the original founders of Office Hours on a whim, Mikey Diamond and I. Mike Diamond, founder of the Diamond Life Fuel. He's a life coach, TV personality, but more my brother. So I had to put him on the show. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. We will be right back with the incredible lineup today on Office Hours. Our first guest is Michael Brandrup, visual artist, graphic designer, and entrepreneur. Michael Brandon, welcome to Office Hours, my friend. Thank you very much, David. You know, when you are an artist and you have to compromise your own vision because you also are an entrepreneur, and there seems to be a conflict a lot with artists that people want you to do certain things that you may not want to do. You want to create a sculpture like you did, a freestanding sculpture. And like, well, hold on, we're going to give you a ton, a ton of money, you know, if you do this baseball card for us. Do you ever feel trapped or conflictual as a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they're selling out? Yeah, I love that question because that's the reason why I choose the path that I am on now. So I started my uh, very first business when I was 22 years old, that's like 15 years ago, which was a design agency. So I was doing like graphic design, web design, like in general, very like corporate uh, communication. Uh, and that's where I was starting feeling trapped. So I was doing that for like five, six years. And I feel like burned out, trapped. And I was doing, you know, I've been painting graffiti since I was like 15 years old. Um, and I was doing that on the side, on the design agency. And then I was like, wow, I, I, I don't want people to tell me what to do. I want to like ultimately like feel free. That's where I, I think when I was like 30 years old, that's seven years ago, I had this like identity crisis where I felt trapped. I didn't know what I want with my life. So we're talking about 30 years into my life, I made the biggest decision ever. And that was to sell my company, the design agency, which I was running together with my brother and transition into an art career and I had no clue about the uh, art world or how to sell art or whatever, but I just had like a burning passion of expressing myself in a visual way. Um, and my brother, he uh, believed in my creativity um, and he took that leap of faith together with me. Um, and I also took another decision because only like six, 12 months into my newborn artist career, I chose to move to the other side of the world. So I was born in Denmark. Um, 
And after pursuing my art for just one year in Denmark, I wanted bigger opportunities um, in what a small country like Denmark could give me. Um, so I moved to the other side of the world, and even my brother that believes so much in me tried to talk me out of it. You know that story, the people closer to you tried to talk you out of it. Um, however, I was obsessed, um, and I went ahead and did it. And I tell you, David, when I were waking up in LA, and I almost had no money and I had no art collectors or no network, I didn't know anybody, I still woke up and felt free and I was happy and I trusted uh, the process. That's why I love that question because I were making the decisions to like get out of um, feeling trapped and I keep making those decisions. Michael, uh, first I want to say I'm a huge fan and I have the greatest respect for artists who create visual pieces for other people to to respect. I think that an artist pieces reflect their soul. It's something that comes from deep within and that's what gives you the ability to transition what it is that's going on in your mind or your heart or your soul onto a piece of paper. At what point did you realize that you had that skill and how did, did that begin to manifest itself? Nobody ever told me when I was born, Michael, you're supposed to be an artist and you're going to create uh, um, amazing uh, visual expressions uh, and so forth. Well, that was uh, uh, like learning that the very, very hard way. However, I, I always loved like drawing um, and, and painting, but I always saw it as a hobby. Um, and I started like experimenting more with, with spray cans as the uh, with, and graffiti being a teenager. And I kept seeing it as a hobby, you know? Um, I had to get out of my comfort zone to find out what do you want. I tried a lot of different jobs. I, I took a lot of chances, uh, made a lot of mistakes, and I, I learned more and more about myself. And suddenly, I think I had a clue what I wanted. I traveled the world a lot, and I wanted to create, that was the first piece I made for myself. Um, and I created an abstract interpretation of the art uh, of like um, uh, the world map, um, like brush strokes and drips and splashes, graffiti style. Um, and my brother, he told me, I, I think I can I can sell this. I worked on it for like almost a year. And my brother told me, hey, Michael, I think I can sell this. And I was just keeping it to myself, you know, and um, and he wanted to do like a limited edition print and stuff like that. I posted it on Facebook just like six years ago and it was a Kickstarter to my art career. I, I, I just created this for myself. No idea, you know, um, I was having fun with it. Um, and at that point, I, I, I got so much traction and I got so many people reacting to my art in a positive way. And I could see how I would not only express myself in a visual way, but I could also um help people um with a creative mindset because the the feedback i got i got from my art from people they were like i have this in my bedroom i wake up to this every day i would get those stories and people wake up and want that feeling does that resonate with you mike it does and the one thing i want to ask you so what i think is beautiful is you face the adversity like me you came i came from australia you came from denmark but for people watching when you were going through that point where you felt that you needed to make that change and take that risk, how do you stay in process now? What is your process? Because we're all creators and you now know that visual is the way you can express yourself. So what is your process so you don't get blocked and start doubting yourself? I think I doubt myself a lot and I'm insecure in, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's why I work so hard, actually. Um, and I think 
I just managed to become friends with those negative thoughts. Um, to give you one example, um, I was always like very uh, nervous, like back in school to say something that was wrong. So I will not raise my finger in class if I wasn't 110% sure what I was saying would be correct because I would hate to be wrong and people would look like, like at me as I'm a failure, you know, and I wasn't good enough. Somehow I still carry that from like my youth or my childhood, but I use it as a weapon now. Like I will over prepare, I will get things way more better and I will be like very like critical to what I do. It's never good enough, but I also see my progress if I look just a couple of years back that I keep like moving and get get better um, like faster because I'm never satisfied, I never settle. I went through like so many times where I wanted to quit, but the difference is that I didn't. I also made a promise to myself because that's how much I wanted it, that I would not for any price in the world uh, quit. I, I made that promise to myself. I was ready, ready to live on the streets. Um, so I just sucked it up from, from nothing and I could do it all again. That's how much I wanted it. Jason was the same way. He was all in. When he switched companies, he literally sold everything while all his partners ditched him. I appreciate, and I think the viewers will appreciate that you had a good thing going, but you didn't feel complete, right? You didn't feel like it was something for you and you bet on yourself, but success is fulfillment and you weren't fulfilled. So then you went and, and took an opportunity where you said you had no money, you really didn't know anybody, you took a chance and things worked out. I think when you were going through those moments, what did you tell yourself to not quit? You know, a lot of the time, to be honest, I was not thinking much because I was just so focused and, and I, I worked like plus 100 hours a week, maybe even more. So sometimes I felt that wasn't even room enough to, to think uh, like that. I always saw me succeeding. I, I, I saw it all happen. I saw that big art show. I saw my, my pieces selling. I saw these uh, collectors uh, come into my studio. I, I kept like, so I was defining myself by the vision of the future that I wanted. And, and that was defining me all along. Um, yes, I cried. Yes, I was been so terrible weak, uh, that's for sure. Um, and, and lately, and, and, and still, I, I get those moments, but, um, but I was telling myself, especially when everything was so bad, I will, I will still be thankful for that because I knew that's when I was growing the most, the most that I will um, handle uh, pressure as a privilege uh, because that's when you grow the most. Michael, you're an incredible artist, but also an incredible expression. Uh, and thank you as an entrepreneur for reminding us uh, that if you try to please everyone, you'll please no one. So please yourself and all those that exist within your spectrum and frequency will enjoy who you truly are. An example of enjoying the consistent, persistent, that's without quit, pursuit of your own potential. And we're blessed to have you. And so is Tops, by the way. You got to check out these baseball cards. <laughs> There's incredible, an incredible gift. Check them out. Thanks for having me. And I'll see you soon. Incredible, right? So incredible. He's he's inspiring. People that go and take chances and are willing to change their life and go all in on themselves. I just, I get excited about that. Well, all three of you, Joni, I know you went all in as well. Just an extraordinary, true underdog like Jason. Well, it, what inspires me about him is his, his uh, perception and the way that he transitions color to canvas. It's, it's gorgeous, it's stunning, and I'm all about color. I love color too. In fact, I often say that uh, building a company 
building a business is 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 like being an artist. You get to paint the strokes every single day, right, as you're creating it and developing it, and it is a form of art artistry. And another true underdog, what do you think? I loved it because he was vulnerable, and, and I think mm -hmm. we all know that we struggle, and I think what people don't understand is that we all struggle daily, and the more success you get, the harder it is to stay in process and deal with those demons and deal with that inner critic. And it's so beautiful how he stuck, sticks to purpose now. And he didn't sell out. And like uh, Jason said beautifully, the fulfillment, he wasn't fulfilled. You know, and to be vulnerable about that and say, every day I struggle to express myself through my medium, which is visual. A lot so of people really do good. that all the time. And he's, yeah. a, he's a story that people can relate to. Exactly. About, wow, he did something. He wasn't just handcuffed to what he Ex thinks he needs to yeah. do. Yeah. Exactly. If anyone tells you they're not afraid, including three great entrepreneurs like yourself and myself, they're lying. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on Office Hours. Next up, we've got Leonard Armato, founder and CEO of Management Plus Enterprises. Leonard, welcome to Office Hours. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you as always, David. I want to talk about humility because, you know, you're not going to say it while we're here, but you have represented the biggest men in sports. Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, yeah. go, the list goes on and on. And what comes with yeah. some of those big men or some big egos and you've had Ronnie Lott. You have been an executive of one of the biggest uh, you know, sports companies in the world. And when I talk to you, I'm like, this is the nicest person. You would never know the success that he has had. He started the uh, professional volleyball, AVP, uh, founded that. I mean, the, we don't have enough time just to give his bio, but <laughs> how have you been able to implement as a practice humility into your life? Uh, and how has it helped you achieve all that you have? Well, first of all, stop embarrassing me. It's and, here it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate your kind words. And the more you talk, the older I feel. So you got to <laughs> stop with that. You know, you talk about this all the time, David. And gratitude is so important in everyone's life. And to constantly, every day, fill yourself up with gratitude. Um, you know, count your blessings. Understand that there's lots of people way worse off than you are, no matter what. And just understand that every moment of the day, you should try to make an act of love and humility. And, you know, I, when I meditate, pray every morning before the day starts, <clears throat> I always start to think of myself as someone who can make everyone's life better that I come in contact with. And that's business, personal, or just in a, you know, random social setting. So if you just kind of use that as a foundation to guide you, uh, you're going to be in good shape making decisions. Good. Leonard, Jason here. Quick question. I mean, yeah. everything you're saying, anybody that's mentored Dave, because he, he mentors me, right? I'm going to listen to. So my ears perked up and, and I can hear your kindness and your humility and everything that you bring to the table that inspires so many people. But is there any dark moments that you've had to overcome? Times that you've had to go and get mentored and coached and push through the hard times? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've had so many difficult times, so many failures, so many disappointments. It just comes with the territory. I mean, I have a I wrote a book called Managing Giants. And it's funny that that Dave was talking about managing such tall people. And, you know, Robert Greenberg, who started the company Skechers and before that, another billion dollar company, L.A. Gear. I let him read a couple chapters in the book because he's in it. And he said, 
you know, your book was going to be titled Enabling Greatness because you like to look at people and figure out how to, you know, extract the very best in all of them. But I think the way to title this book to make it exciting is call it Managing Giants because you've managed some of the biggest people in the world, both in sports and, you know, out of sports, including, you know, he was thinking of himself, too, who happens to be a giant in business. But if you think about it, um, it's one of those things where you're constantly going to be failing. I mean, how many times have you been fired or how many times have you tried to get a client and didn't get them or her? Um, how many times have you had a transaction fall apart when you thought it was a lock? I mean, there's been so many times where that's happened to me. Failure can provide motivation for you. The classic example is Michael Jordan who got cut from his uh, high school basketball team and that motivated him to become as great as he became. The second thing you learn from failure is you learn that there's lessons from that failure that you can take you with you into the next chapter of your life. Something you did wrong, something you could have done better. You always learn from failure. And then the third thing that failure brings to you is another open door. So you walk through another open door. And for example, when I stopped representing Shaq, I mean, I'm you know still very close with Shaq. He credits me with, with um, you know all of his success and says that publicly. But he fired me many years ago, you know, after representing him for over a decade. And that was like, whoa, what happened? Why did that happen? And, you know, learned from it and our relationship, re, you know, rekindled again. And, you know, everything's great. But you have to learn from all of your failures because then a new opportunity will open. From leaving Shaq, I started the AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. I became the president of Skechers Performance and CMO of the company. And I learned a lot more. Now I have the wealth of experience to bring to the table that I can share with other people. So, Leonard, hello, I'm Joni. It's nice to meet you. Can you share with us your three best tips on how to work with people that you see uh, immense uh, talent with and you'd like to develop? Probably the most important thing to do is to really dig deep into what it is that really makes them remarkable, that sets them apart from everybody else. What is their value proposition. That value proposition is something that has to be honed and, 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 and really worked into perfection because that's the communication platform and strategy that's going to basically launch and grow and supercharge your business. So I think the value proposition is really important. It's also important to surround you or those people with extraordinary partners because other people, nobody can do it alone. I think that's really, really important. And then the other thing is just really hard work. I mean, you have to work hard every day to maximize potential. You have to set super high standards for yourself. You're talking about failure a lot and you talked about how Shaq fired you. At what point, even if someone's talented, if their attitude is bad, that you have to then wrestle with yourself if you walk away from them? Yeah, so have you had a situation like that? Well, I mean, I won't work on anything unless I'm passionate about it, believe in it, and feel like it aligns with my philosophy on life. Uh, life's too short. Money has never been my God. Money has never been my objective in anything I do. So it's always been, do I love doing this? Does it fulfill my purpose? In other words, does it bring out the best in me? Does it allow me to be as innovative innovative as I can be in my career so that I'm proud? And then, you know, finally, and I, and I mentioned this earlier, does what I am doing align with my 
philosophy on life. I want to do good for people and for our society. So everything has to fit into that, to those buckets, or I just don't want to do it. Thank you so much for your time and all the lessons and stories. They're incredible. Take care. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to continuing everything with you. Appreciate you. Give me your last thoughts here. Incredible guy, right? He was awesome. I mean, that was, he was great. I mean, I was inspired. He made me feel like, you know, you, you have to have empathy. You have to try to relate to what people are going through. And he, t- he was very vulnerable about what happened with him and Shaq and how he learned from failure. And I think people need to listen to that. Yeah, I agree. I love how everyone's talking about the adversity and failure and then failing forward which I think is so important for young entrepreneurs and people to understand, but also his appreciation to drop, like we call it, that dose of positivity on someone, to be the engine in their life, not the anchor to hold them down. And being that engine and being that wind and that sail when the person, like he said, may not believe in themselves, but you believe in them enough to get them over, that's just beautiful. You've heard some amazing guests this episode. Now let's hear the takeaway of the day from Jason Waller, host of the True Underdog Podcast. I'm Jason Waller with your takeaway of the day. Today's guests are great reminders that achievement never comes if you don't have enough grit to push through the tough times. There is no such thing as an elevator to success. Entrepreneurs need to be gritty enough to take the stairs. Our next guest is Marshall Falk, Pro Football Hall of Fame running back and men's health advocate. Welcome to Office Hours, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. I love this, Dave. I love I get a chance to, to be on your show. The set looks awesome. Everybody's looking good. And you being here is validation of, you know, at least me expressing who I am, uh, because one of the things that we share is, you know, I, I, I'm like an athlete, except for I'm not very talented. I... Uh, lost all my money like an athlete and um and you didn't and uh you laugh at me all the time for that because i'm an educated person and i thought for sure i could hang on to you know over a hundred million dollars but you and i are on a mission uh to help people understand financial literacy to empower them with the tools necessary to understand not only how to make money but how to keep it and how to let it grow what was it that you said hey i'm going to dedicate my life to this helping people with their money. You play sports, you make all this money, you're in business, you you have success. And and obviously in business, you start some businesses, some make it, some fail. You know, you just you just continue to try. Being a serial entrepreneur, that's what it's all about. But I didn't know what I didn't know. And when I found out that my financial literacy and my competence of like how money operates and how to really generate wealth that it wasn't at the level that I was working at to get there, uh, I, I just realized that I, I wasn't playing the game right. Once I realized where I was um, and that it could happen to me and I could have those feelings, I just started to think of the people out there who might just have a little money and might might be opening up their first business. Where do they go? Where do they get the answers? Who's going to help them without gouging them for money? That's what led to me going down this path and just being thankful and blessed that I didn't get taken advantage of because I was there. Just like any other athlete, I didn't have the tools to sit in those meetings when they're talking about my money to know 
what they were talking about. You're sitting there in the meetings and you're realizing you don't have the tools. How did you jumpstart that learning? How would you advise others to just start? What are the tools that you need to do that? When I wanted to take liberties on my own to understand exactly what my investments were, how they operated, what I had, to know when I look at the stock market and I see the ticker, to understand, oh, I'm invested in that. It's green today. It's red today. And what that effect is and was on me. Once I engaged and I actually had to do the work, here's the reality. If you want to learn Spanish, guess what you have to do? You got to go somewhere where they speak Spanish all the time. If you want to learn about money, guess what you have to do? You got to get you got to get in the game of talking about money and being around money so you can learn about money. And and that's that's what I had to do. I had to uh, submerge myself in, in, into um, money and, and, and not just like making it, but growing it and sustaining it. You've become the success, but you were thrown out of three elementary schools. So how does a guy, <laughs> seriously. He went and researched a lot. Go from that's, two more, that's two more than Mike. That was, yeah, because I got thrown out of one. But how you go from getting thrown out of three elementary schools, then turn your life around to make it through college and become the great football player you are, then not go through all that shame and like, oh, I'm not really smart. You know what I mean? Like, how, tell me the turnaround. How do you get thrown out of three elementary schools and end up where you are? The first two actually happened in first grade. I just didn't adjust to uh, school and what school was like. See, I grew up in a household. Um, I have five older brothers. It was all boys and we played rough and we fought and we settled things with fights and like being physical. And I thought that's how things were with everybody. So I took that mindset to school. If someone wanted to turn on the seesaw, I wanted to, I pushed them off the seesaw. Like oh. that's how we settled it. And um, and I was that I was the bully kid. And so I, I, I kind of got kicked out and it took me a minute to kind of figure it out. Now the third thing, the third time I got kicked out, it was, it, and, you know, it was just the defiance of I didn't like the way that we were being taught. I enjoyed learning, but I didn't like school, the structure of it and all the things. It just didn't fit me. Um, I, I literally I was doing a speech yesterday. I was at the Hall of Fame and I, I the, the only class that I ever liked when I was in school was free enterprise. I didn't like gym. Free Enterprise was the only class that that I, that I took throughout my 12 years of, of high school, and I was like, this is it. I can relate a little bit. I mean, I, I, I didn't have five older brothers and sisters, but I didn't go to college. I didn't finish traditional high school, and I built three companies. And even worse, he's a Lions fan. That, well, we'll get to that in a minute. So I, give I, him a hug. Somebody hug I, him. I need a couple hugs. But we were on a clubhouse not too long ago at, together, and you were talking about financial literacy and how you were you weren't scared to ask someone for help. You know, you had the humility to say, I don't know this. It's the same thing as my company got bigger. I had to learn what EBITDA meant. I didn't know what it meant. I had to bring people in to explain it to me, hire people smarter than me to get us to the next level. How many times have you seen people that you know be too nervous or too scared or have too much pride or ego to ask for help? All the time. You literally put your pride aside. That's all it is. It's your ego and your pride. It, it, it didn't take me long to realize that I wasn't the, always the smartest person in the room. So there was always some something and someone for me to learn from. I encourage all of all all of the athletes that are out there, um, and and even if you're not an athlete, uh, these these words I, I know these words mean that the person's in trouble. When you start talking finances and the person tells you 
that they have a guy. Oh, I got a guy for that. He's in trouble. She's in trouble. They do not know what's going on in their financial life. Mm. That's that that is a key word. I got a guy. Oh yeah, my guy is yeah, I got a guy. Have someone explain to you what's going on in your financial life. Because it's your money, you've worked hard for it. Why not learn about it? Marshall, I wanna tell you, thank you so much for always being there, showing up in my life. I appreciate you so much, my friend. Thank you, Marshall. Take care. Pleasure meeting everyone. Y'all have a good one. As high profile as he is, he's taking that stance. He's telling a story and he's setting a, a, a fantastic example for younger athletes to follow. Yeah, and just younger people, right? You know what I loved? His emotional intelligence as a kid. Oh. And then you can tell the way he must have handled situations playing football and just like dealing with different adversities, his emotional intelligence was always there to look at people and, and know when to pivot, when to stop. And he didn't carry that environment, the bully mentality, which some, a lot of people do. I mean, there's some athletes well, we what see. What about just recognizing, hey, I grew up in this atmosphere? Yep. Because like, a lot of guys never realize what they do. Nope. They would be in blame, shame, justification. Oh, well, they're, you know, elementary school, they were stupid. Yep. Or, right? Instead, he's like, no, I grew up and that's the way I was taught to act and I had to adjust to become a better person Brilliant. and make my situation better. You nailed it in that emotional intelligence. But mm -hmm. his kindness, it kicks off because he does. He shows up for everyone. Reach out to, to Marshall. I know he's going to kill me for saying that, but definitely do it. I'm excited to hear from our next guest, Tillman Fertitta. Chairman and CEO of Landry's Inc., Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino, and owner of the Houston Rockets. Tillman, welcome to Office Hours. Hey, great to be here, David. When COVID hit, I have to tell you, Tillman, I'm sitting there thinking about my friends, uh, the great entrepreneurs like yourself, and out of all the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs that I knew, you were the one that I said, oh my gosh, could he have picked three companies and careers and industries that got hit harder. At least most of the billionaires I know have something going on that didn't get crushed. How are you feeling when- well, I can tell you I have nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, look, you've been from the bottom up and you know, when things get tough, the tough get going. I would love for you to share that mindset when everything hit the fan because, I mean, that is a lot to take on. For a couple of weeks, it was it was really scary. You got to remember, I've been around a long time. When things are bad, we forget they're ever going to be good. And when things are good, we forget they're going to be bad. I, I knew this. I knew that I was strong enough that if the whole world failed, then then I'm going to be in good a shape as anybody else. But, but there were a couple of weeks there. And so what you start doing is just looking at it and saying, I, everything I have is closed from the basketball team to all the casinos to all the restaurants to all the hotels and and how long can you last what what i did was immediately you know you you have to get rid of a bunch of people you have a payroll tail you it's no different than anybody's normal life that they lead you get a paycheck in two weeks and you pay the bills from the previous month so even after i shut down my payroll was still running you know, a couple of hundred million a month for the next month. My whole deal was how long can I last? You cut expenses and 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 you go into a hole. I borrowed another 300 million, uh, you know, because I knew that would take me to December. States like Texas started opening up just two months later, Florida three months later. You know, it's amazing how it's worked out. And I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but you know, a lot of employees are coming out better and, and I have to say I'm going to come out better on the other end of this just because 
of how good things are and you learn to operate differently. What other struggles besides COVID did you have to start building an empire the way you did? And do you ever pinch yourself and go, how did I get here? Like, I own the Rockets, I own the casinos, I own the hotels. I mean, you own a lot of stuff. Do you ever ask yourself how you got there? I wasn't smart enough to be a healthcare or tech wizard where you wake up one day and you're worth billions of dollars. It, it took me, you know, 40 something years to become worth billions of dollars. And, and uh, it happened gradually. I've had lots of failures, but I never had that big failure. I've done so many deals, but you know, 90% of them were good. You, nobody's gonna hit home runs every time, but they were either singles or doubles or triples or a home run. And you just gotta make sure you do a lot more good deals than bad deals. Don't ever get down when things are bad, they are gonna get good. And when they're good, you know damn well they're going to get bad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Mark and Eugene are very good friends of mine, and I know you're partners with them in Catch. So when you go through these big shifts and you keep people, how do you keep them motivated to see the big picture and stay on the boat and don't abandon ship? Because there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of people panicked, because I know my friends that were in the Palms uh, got hit really heavy and they don't even know if it's coming back. So how do you keep people motivated? I know my people that have been with me and I probably have 25 VPs that have been with me at least 25 years that if there's a war and a battle, they know that if anybody survives, it's going to be us. And, and you want your people to know that going into war, that you're the warrior that, that they all believe in. And, and I can remember, you know, you know, seven, 10 days when everything was shut down, having a meeting in my conference room with all my people and saying, I don't know if we're going to get through this, but I know this, if there's any survivors, we're going to be one of the survivors. Okay. Because that's just how we're made. And so, you know, unless there's anarchy in the streets and I own so many things free and clear that nobody could ever take away from me, that, that uh, I, I knew that I would survive if the world survives. There was just a moment there that we didn't know if the world was gonna survive. Hi, Tillman, I'm Joni, it's nice to meet you. I as well am a business owner and I admire you greatly for all your accomplishments. Um, I would like to know, based upon your success and the many companies that you run, how hands-on are you from day to day? I'm extremely hands-on with so many things that you cannot believe, but then it's crazy, the stuff that I, I don't know. And so all you can do is prioritize what you think is so important that particular day. But I probably have 150 restaurants I've never ever been in. And so as much as connected as you think you are, and you are, you're still dependent on your people. But I'm extremely hands-on as much as you can be in culture and philosophy, uh, financially. Um, you know, a lot of people would always say, well, what, what makes him a little bit better? He understands the financial side, he understands operations, and he understands development. Tillman, you know, you've been blessed with employees and overhead. A lot of times uh, we discount the fact of how many people, their lives you have changed by employing them and giving them, you know, a great place to work and advance in their own careers. I want to thank you again for your time. I look forward to seeing you in your office. Like I said, it is my favorite office. I am coming back once things open up here. You know, let me say something real quick, David. It's kind of funny because... I'll, I sat in a prayer last night and thanked the good Lord for giving me the opportunity to change so many other people's lives. 
because I've made people that work for me's lives a lot better. And, and that's the greatest feeling of it all, to, to have a change on other people's lives. Thank you all very much. It was great. And uh, see you all all soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. Tillman Fertitta, Need I Say More, Landry's, The Rockets, Golden Nugget. He is an extraordinary entrepreneur. I love the way he framed the situation, right? With everything going on, he's like simply, man, it, if I fail, everything's gonna fail. I just feel like I could relate to him the most just because of his grit. You know, giving back to people and all the lives he changes, that is the best feeling when an employee buys their first home or an employee gets to buy their fiance a, an engagement ring or, you know, a car or they have a kid and they're, they're excited. That's the best feeling and, and to see him humble like that and to be able to talk about that is just amazing. And to meet a man that is that successful in so many different areas, but know he's hands on and he is, uh, you know, the ultimate boss and leader that everyone else can count on. Uh, that says the world to me as opposed to building something up for a short amount of time and then you know, passing it on to someone else. He knew that if you're on the ship and you're going to stay on, if we're going down, we're going down. And I love that mentality. They, he's a warrior. He's yeah. a warrior. You know warrior. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I really love that. If we go, we go. But we're going to go to battle. If you don't want to be in battle, get off. But he kept saying he and whoever's with him will survive. Exactly. He's a fighter. That yep. was a, yeah. that and was the exciting. people who have been with him for years, just like all three of you, Jason, Joni, Michael, thank you, everyone. It's been an incredible episode of Office Hours. Now, a quick word from our JA Impact honoree partner, presented by Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. Junior Achievement Worldwide prepares young people for employment and entrepreneurship, delivering hands-on experiential learning and work readiness, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. The recipient of the JA Impact honoree is selected based on their mission-driven values and have the opportunity to align with Junior Achievement Worldwide through their 100 million plus alumni network driving awareness to their brand through junior achievements millions of entrepreneurs looking to make an impact on the world i'm Brittany, co-founder of screwball peanut butter whiskey today's junior achievement honoree is marshall fall who not only is great on the field but a champion off the field as well being born and raised in san diego we appreciate the impact marshall has made in our community he's selflessly using his platform as a hall of fame athlete to empower others to be financially literate and that is something that will pay dividends for all of us congratulations marshall Thanks for watching this week's episode of Office Hours. And a special thank you to our featured co-hosts and guests for joining today's episode. See you next week on Office Hours.